Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Oz Movie Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Pado. Thank you very much for all your support during my Halloween spooktacular reviews. I had a great time recording them for you guys. And this is finally my Halloween hangover reviews of Jeepers Creepers 3 Ravenous and Victor Crowley, both provided by Eagle Entertainment. I finally had a chance to sit down and watch these and now I can review them. Um, check out the links below to pick up Jeepers Creepers 3 Ravenous on Blu-ray and Victor Crowley on DVD. Um, yeah, these are two films that were sent to me by Eagle Entertainment and I yeah was really looking forward to reviewing them for you guys. Uh, the Halloween Hangover, I guess, is just a chance for me to talk about films that I would have liked to have re- reviewed in time for Halloween but unfortunately didn't have the time to do it. But now that I have my proper setup where I'm happy recording them with the sound quality and everything and it sounds good at the moment so yeah i finally had a chance to sit down and record these films so the first was jeepers creepers 3 ravenous the long-awaited sequel of jeepers creepers 2 um victor salva went away to prison for some horrible crimes um pedophilia child pornography charges which is awful um, but yeah, he was out of prison and he finally had a chance to make the sequel. So I'll try my best to separate, uh, Victor Crowley's, Victor Crowley's, yeah, well, he is kind of a villain of sorts. Um, Victor Salva's awful crimes from the film and I'll just be reviewing the film. I don't really want to get into that. Um, just because yeah, it's quite nasty and it's not something I want to talk about. So yeah, I'll just be doing a review of Jeepers Creepers 3 as a film. Um, And Victor Crowley, the long-awaited sequel to Hatchet, which was following that Hollywood trend of a reboot or sequel to that original and forgetting all the sequels. So, yeah, which is interesting. So thank you all for your support again during the Halloween Spectacular. I did have a great time recording those reviews for you guys. I did reviews of The Super and Jackals for Eagle Entertainment and films like Monster Squad, The Fun House, um, Fright Night and uh, Killer Clowns for Outer Space for um, Shock Entertainment Cinema Cult Collection, which is awesome. So thank you all for that. Um, and yeah, if you haven't liked, rated, reviewed, all of that stuff, the podcast down below, um, if you could do that, that would be fantastic. Um, it's been great over the last couple of weeks. I've seen a huge pickup um, of listeners, which is awesome. And I think the more content I'm able to produce for you guys, the more that you guys are getting out of this as well. Um, I like to warn you if a film is terrible and you shouldn't see it. And I also like to tell you if a film's good enough to go and see because, yeah, film is something I'm very passionate about and something I love. So, yeah, let's get stuck into it, though. Without further ado, this is The Halloween Hangover for 2019. Jeepers Creepers 3 Ravenous was written and directed by Creeper himself, Victor Salva, and stars Stan Shaw, Gabrielle Huff, Brendan Smith, Meg Foster, and Chester Rushing, and is set between the first and second film as Sergeant Davis Tubbs assembles a task force to destroy the Creeper once and for all, while growing closer than ever before to learning the secrets of its dark origins as the monster terrorizes a local farming community. Um, This franchise is something that is odd to me i love the first film it's a staple in my horror diet um i think it's really well made it's a very well contained horror flick i really like justin long in it and i like the idea of him and his sister going across america on a cross country on their way to college or on college break one of the two 
Um, but Jeepers Creepers 2, I think, missed the mark. It's not a very good film. It's very boring. It has a really good opening sequence. It's set in the daytime that I really liked because it sort of adds that fear of the daytime. And yeah, I thought that it was really well helmed and the rest of the film just doesn't live up to that. It's just very boring in the setting of the bus and the characters themselves. It all just amalgamates to being quite irritating and just not very scary. And I think that's my biggest issue with the film. Um, so a third film was inevitable. It's been in development for quite some time, but Victor Salva went to prison for doing some not very nice things. But like I said, I will not be getting into that um, on this podcast. But at the same time, I was interested to see where this story would go. Um, originally, the film was called Jeepers Creepers 3 Cathedral, and it was going to focus on uh, 1800s time period, I believe. I haven't actually read the script. Apparently, there's a script floating around online, but I haven't actually yeah, read it. But I will one day get to it, hopefully. But yeah, I just I, I wanted to watch the film with an open mind, not looking at this script of what could have been and rather watch it for what it was, because um, I think it would have affected my opinion on it. So coming into this film, I wanted it to be a good follow-up to the other two films, but not going too over the top with the Creeper mythology. I like the idea of the Creeper being a little bit more unknown and mysterious, because I think it adds to the terror. I think if you tell us exactly what the Creeper is, it sort of detracts from the film itself. So I'm glad that this film didn't go too overboard with the Creeper's origins and more focused on the specific elements of what the Creeper could do and highlighted the fear as well that's created through the Creeper. But this film was a very low-budgeted film, so I won't let that affect my judgment as well. Uh, the film cost around $2 million to make and was crowdfunded, um, so I don't want to get too into the bad special effects and all of that because... Budgetary restraints for these lower-budgeted films, do, it does affect the overall product. And I think for what they had, they did a pretty good job. So, let's get stuck into Jeepers Creepers 3 Ravenous. Um, the positives of the film, I thought it was pretty well-directed. As much as I hate Victor Salva as a person, he is a decent horror filmmaker. He does use some great angles to create tension and great atmosphere. I love the way that he uses location as well. Louisiana is a great backdrop for this story because it is isolated and you feel isolated whilst watching it. There's no technology to save you, really. A few of the characters have mobile phones, but it doesn't really impact heavily on the story, if that makes sense. It's more of like a background element. And for the most part, I think it works because if the characters had easy access to technology, it would detract from the film overall. So I like the way that he uses the backdrop to create tension and build that atmosphere, and I think it's done quite effectively. Uh, I like the cast for the most part. Uh, I think they do a pretty good job with the material that they're given, uh, a huge improvement over the second film. Um, the cast in the second film are fine, but they're just not as good, I suppose, as what Justin Long was in the first film. Like He was, he was really good, and I like the characters. In the second film, the jocks and the the cheerleaders it's just a a teen drama um that high school drama i just don't think it really added to the film and i didn't really care what happened to them uh the father-son dynamic of the farmers in that film was a lot more interesting and i would have liked to have seen that storyline play out rather than the kids trapped on the side of the road but i don't think that victor salva as a writer had enough material to 
develop either one of those ideas into a feature length. So instead we have both of them. Um, we're here, we're focusing on a lot of different characters, but the characters were likable enough that I liked the way that it went. Um, we have the uh, sergeant assembling a team to pretty much kill this thing. Um, we have the couple that go out to the ranch and yeah, one of them's taken. He disappears for quite some time. Um, played by Chester Rushing, of course, from Stranger Things. And those who don't know who he was in Stranger Things, he is Steve Harrington's friend from season one, the jock asshole guy. Um, and he disappears for a long portion of this film when um, Gabrielle Huff's character is taken. Um, yeah, you just don't see him. And then he just randomly rocks up at the end of the film. And I thought, okay, that's a bit weird. And I'll get into the ending a bit later that leads into Jeepers Creepers 2 um, and a few issues I have with that. But yeah, for the most part, the cast were pretty good. I thought Gabrielle Huff was actually really good and I really liked Stan Shaw as Sergeant Davis Tubbs. He was actually really, really good um, and sold a lot of the film. And I think because of the sequences we have with him, it was quite enjoyable. So I liked that. Um, some of the cast members, so we have a group of teenagers who are just dirt biking on a paddock and they come across the creeper mobile. Um, and then from there, zaniness ensues and they get picked off and killed. Um, that was my least favorite aspect of the film. Apart from a few neat deaths, it just felt like it was shoehorned in there and it didn't really add up. But yeah, it's a very small portion of the film, so it didn't affect me too much. Um, the scares, I thought there was some decent scares in this film. Um, there was tension built, like I said, using location and atmosphere, and it was very, very well done. Um, I actually found a few of the scares to be quite effective. There's a scene when Gabrielle um, Huff and Chester Rushing's character are stuck in a van on this ranch and um, the creepers approaching them and it, uh, that sense of helplessness and I suppose the elements of the film that I didn't like in that sequence were the fact that the car doesn't start and a few cliches that are thrown in there um, but for the most part I actually really did like that sequence because I feel it built tension relatively well even without those cliches, it still would have worked effectively for me. Um, so I thought the scares were unique and well done enough for me to enjoy. Um, and yeah, I just felt that realism and the spookiness of it all. And I thought that it was well done. Um, the mythology, we get a lot more of the creeper in this film compared to the other two films. In the first film, he's more of just a a horrific being that just shows up every now and then. We don't get a great deal of him, but I like that we don't get a great deal of him in that film. Uh, the second film, he shows up for a lot of it, but the way he's showcased, we don't see him a lot. Here, he's put pretty much front and center, but because the makeup effects are quite decent, I think they're better than number two, but not as good as number one. Um, I don't know what it is with number two. I think it's the lighting of that film. It just doesn't really sell the creeper. And he kind of feels a bit weird in that film. I don't know. I just don't really like the way that the effects are used there. Um, but yeah, the makeup sells it enough that him being on screen as much as he is is completely fine with me because he looks half decent. Um, we don't get much more of his backstory, but more of what he can do. And like I said, I don't really want to know too much about him because I think the more you know about him, the less frightening he is. Um, and it's just that effect where if you see the creature too much or you know too much about the creature... It's not as frightening as when you don't know enough about him. Because um, when you don't know anything and you have this just omnipotent being uh, of sorts um, that just seems indestructible, it just comes across a lot more frightening than 
oh, we know how to kill him because of this and because of this and he was born from this. It's, it becomes overcomplicated. And yeah, I, I'm glad that they didn't touch on it too much. Um, we see the elements of his car here and the modifications he's made. Uh, there's a retracting chain that proves to be pretty deadly for that group of teenagers on the bikes. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. It was a unique thing to show. It's like this retracting chain where the tow bar of his car would be and it shoots out and kills a fair few people. Um, he's also got booby traps set up in his car too, which is pretty unique. And you see that his car's bulletproof too, um, which makes him even more deadly. He has these little like tracking balls as well that fall out of the bottom of his car um, and they explode. So they're quite deadly and they track onto um, uh, Sergeant Tubbs's car there for a while. And I thought that it was quite suspenseful because yeah when you add elements like that to your film yeah it does come across a little more creepy um and yeah i thought that the mythology was explored enough that i was happy with it but not too much that it felt like it was being overdone um but i do have a few negatives with the film um mainly with the tone this film does seem to take itself overly seriously i would have liked a little more humor to the situation because of how over the top the creeper actually is you can't take yourself overly seriously with this. You can have creepy sequences with the Creeper, but I would take more of a Nightmare on Elm Street approach to the film and have your character be a little bit more over the top. Not goofy over the top, but over the top where he's still frightening, but I suppose because of the absurdity of the situation, the characters could even be a little meta about the situation make fun of the fact that the physics of the creature don't really make sense um, and things like that. I, I don't know. I just feel like the over-serious tone doesn't really work as well. I think balancing the absurd plot with humor would do wonders for this film and I think it would add a lot, especially to that final act because I just feel that the tone does feel a little weighed down and I think because of the cast, they're not A-grade talent, so this cast at times doesn't really sell the tension and doesn't really sell this over-serious tone. Um, if you had bigger actors, maybe they could, but at the same time, I don't know if they could. It's just, yeah, the, the material is just not really up to scratch in that regard. The pacing as well. The film has a very slow first act. We get one great sequence with the Creeper and two police officers. Um, they're on a highway or a road. It's not a highway, it's a road. Um, and they're towing the Creeper's car and they pull over on the side of the road because the creepers unattach the car from the tow truck and he goes away on the car and then comes back and kills one of the police officers but it was just the execution that scene i thought that was probably the best sequence in the film it was just really eerie his car seems to be driving by himself which makes no sense but him standing on the car as the moon is in the background um and he slowly stares at these police officers it was just the lack of music and sound that made it really eerie and i just thought that it was a well-directed sequence but apart from that we don't really get a lot in the first act it's cutting between three separate storylines that just feels a little chopped together and doesn't feel very evenly paced i would have liked to have seen these characters appear more in the second and third act rather than shoehorn them uh head first in the first act because it just feels very unnecessary and it just feels very unevenly paced in that regard um but it doesn't really detract a lot from the film, but it did definitely... You could feel the runtime pretty much. It goes for an hour and 40 minutes, and I could feel that hour and 40 minutes in that first act. Um, 
But nevertheless, I did actually enjoy this film. Uh, it did come out in 2017, so it's been a while out, um, and I just haven't had a chance to see it yet. And thanks to Eagle Entertainment, I finally got the chance to watch it, and I'm glad I did. Um, it's a bit over the top, um, and the tone does take itself a little seriously, but for the most part, it is an enjoyable entry in the Jeepers Creepers franchise. I don't know if we'll get a fourth one. If we do get a fourth one, I'm interested to see what it's like and what it incorporates. But for the most part, I did enjoy this film. So my verdict, Jeepers Creepers 3 Ravenous is a solid entry in the franchise. As a big fan of the first film, it's safe to say this is a worthy um, entry in the film uh, franchise and an improved installment over the second film. I'm giving Jeepers Creepers 3 Ravenous a 6.5 out of 10. Like I said, guys, you can pick this one up on Blu-ray down below. I would recommend it, even just for horror fans. You don't have to necessarily like um, all horror films, but I do think that if you're a fan of Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2, then you should definitely pick it up. And if you like creature features in general, it's a nice little addition to that. So, yeah, thanks to Eagle Entertainment. You can pick it up today, um, and I've left a link down below in the description. So if you get the chance, definitely pick it up. Um, but, yeah, that's Jeepers Creepers 3. Like I said, it's entertaining and it's a decent horror flick um but let's get stuck into victor crowley um a film that i didn't plan on watching but thanks again to eagle entertainment i had the chance to watch so let's check out victor crowley victor crowley was written and directed by hatchet series creator adam green and stars perry shen as andrew laura ortiz as rose david sheridan as dylan crystal joey brown as sabrina felisa rose as kathleen Chase Williamson as Alex and genre legend Kane Hodder as Victor Crowley and follows 10 years after the events of the original movie that took place at Honey Island Swamp. Victor Crowley is mistakenly resurrected and proceeds to kill once more. Um, so I'm not a huge fan, I suppose, of the Hatchet series. I do enjoy the films I've seen, which is Hatchet 1 and 2. Um, this film follows pretty much that Hollywood trend of ignoring the sequels and becoming a direct sequel of the original. Halloween did it, and uh, Terminator Dark Fate did it as well this year, and it seems to be a reoccurring trend. It just helped Titans continuity in these big film franchises. Hatchet, of course, not being a big film franchise, but you get what I mean. Um, so as someone who isn't as familiar with the Hatchet story and lore as what a lot of fans are, I guess I wasn't really sure how to take this film. Um, this film was sent to me by the wonderful team at Eagle Entertainment to review for you guys. So thank you to Eagle Entertainment. And yeah, I've left a link down below to pick up this one on DVD if you see fit. But this film came out in 2017. So I had seen the review that the Blood, Bath and Beyond guys did of this film. Um, and I guess I wasn't really sure what to expect as I'm not as familiar with the lore and the franchise. But at the same time, I was kind of keen. I really liked the poster. It's quite a great poster, very good graphic design. You'll see it in the episode art. I really enjoyed that aspect of it and the marketing of it. And series creator Adam Green coming back as well is a big thing because... He is making this film for the fans, and he obviously has a passion for this story. He's taken more of a Scream-esque approach with this film franchise, where it's tongue-in-cheek, a bit of satire on the genre itself, and making fun of those slasher horror uh, genre tropes. And I think he does a pretty good job for the most part. I'll get into a bit of the comedy later on, but 
I do think that he does a, a relatively good job. And Kane Hodder, of course, who's played Jason before in um, the latter half of the Friday the 13th franchise, seeing him come back here as Victor Crowley is quite entertaining. Um, and it's a great little nod for horror fans as well, such as myself. I do enjoy little things like that, so that's cool. But yeah, I wasn't really sure what to expect. This is a lower budgeted film too. Um, I believe that they use crowdfunding to get this film off the ground, which is awesome. I'm a huge fan of that. And I'm glad that the fans love this franchise enough to see it keep going. Uh, Adam Green actually did just come out last week with Bloody Disgusting and say that he is working on a new Hatchet film as well. So maybe one day we'll be reviewing that one. But for the meantime, we're reviewing Victor Crowley. So let's get into it. What did I like about this film? So the positives first. The opening scene. Whilst it was short-lived, I love the goofy proposal scene. It's quite funny. So we have the setup pretty much a guy who's been dating a girl for quite some time uh, at Harney Island uh, Swamp. And he proposes to her and she starts hysterically crying and um, the snots and everything is just going everywhere and it's gross and disgusting and quite funny. Um, and then the two of them kiss and yeah, it's, it's quite gross, but I did find it quite funny. This is short-lived though because Victor Crowley comes out and kills them all um, in a over-the-top gore-ish way, I'll put it. Um, and the gore effects were quite entertaining too. Uh, as a lower-budget film, I like the way that Adam Green uses the gore here. It's very gross and over-the-top, but it's quite funny, and I think it is played for humour majority of the time. Um, there is no audio commentary on this DVD release, unfortunately, but I'm sure that there would be some explanation and some interview somewhere where he explains exactly what he was going for but I did really enjoy that and the over the top kills at the start of the film were my favorites during the whole film which is good I suppose because it gets the over the topness established um, but I would have liked to have seen more of that during the film but nevertheless we get to what we get uh, the recap and origins of Victor Crowley are made pretty obvious in a story recap um, after the title reveal at the very beginning of the film as someone who isn't as familiar with the hatchet lore, I'm glad that this was included. Whilst it doesn't really make any sense in context of the lore, it's still, by lore I mean just the, the film logic of it all. Um, but at the same time, I'm glad it's there because it gave me the recap I needed as someone who hasn't seen the first hatchet film for probably, it would have been nearly 10 years, over 10 years, because I saw it uh, with a couple of mates. Um, we rented it from our local video store back in the day, um, and I haven't seen it since then, so it has been quite some time, and I'm pretty sure we watched Hatchet 2 at the same night, I'm not entirely sure, I remember we watched Chucky 3, yeah, that was that was something, but um, yeah, I'm glad that this recap exists at the start of the film, um, as I was a little lost at the beginning, and I'm glad that it sort of pulled me back around, which was great. Uh, the tongue-in-cheek comedy as well, this film doesn't take itself at all seriously, it has some over-the-top kills, but isn't meant to be taken seriously in the slightest. It's a very tongue-in-cheek um, approach to the film. Like I said, I got that Scream vibe um, that it seems that Adam Green was going for. Of course, not to the same effect as what Wes Craven did with Scream, but I think that what he does here is quite entertaining. I do enjoy the... I suppose the breaking down of genre tropes, in particular the slasher genre, we get uh, quite a few little scenes that definitely feel like they're breaking down that slasher genre trope, um, and it's quite good, and I do enjoy that. And 
yeah, I, I thought that it was done quite well. Um, there's a great scene where Dylan um, is trying to radio for help out of the chopper and he keeps upgrading his status trying to get a response. So he goes from lieutenant to general and it's just really funny. I found myself chuckling at that scene. I thought, yeah, that's, that's quite clever and that's pretty funny. Um, and on that note, um, I have to say that David Sheridan as Dylan was probably the best part of this film. He's one of the more memorable characters from a slasher film that I have seen in quite some time. Of course, big um, franchise films like Halloween um, excluded from that. But I did think that David Sheridan was fantastic. And every time he was on uh, on screen, I was finding myself chuckling at some of his comments, some of his remarks. It was quite clever and it was um, well done. And he was fantastic in the film. Probably the best character. Um, Perry Shen as Andrew as well, uh, who's one of the only survivors at the end of the film. Um I did think that he was entertaining. I like his story arc. He's the writer from the original film and he's written a book about how he survived and everything and he's pretty much hunting for money um, because, yeah, he's a washed-up B-grade celebrity, which was an interesting take as well. It kind of reminded me of Scream 3 a bit um, with a few washed-up actor performances and, yeah, I, I thought that it was well done enough that I enjoyed it and, yeah, that some of the characters were annoying though. Um in particular, Sabrina and Kathleen, I just found them very irritating. Um, so when they met their demise, I was quite ecstatic about that. But I think, again, that's the point that Adam Green's going for. Um, like I mentioned as well, the kills, they're over the top and very gory and I enjoyed it. There's very few, though, during the actual film. At the beginning of the film, we get some great little kills. Um, by little, I mean that in the context of the story, they're little as far as their actual kills. are over the top and exactly what genre fans are looking for especially fans of the hatchet franchise so i thought they did a pretty good job with that um i enjoyed our mixed match group of characters as well we have the group who are making a film um which was interesting i like that idea that they're pretty much trying to raise money to create a slasher film based on the tragedy and um, then we have our group who are like i said um andrew who is with his publicist and his ex-wife who's now a talk show host um they're going back to the swamp to do an interview um, then we have Dylan who works as, at the swamp as like a tour guide and sells shitty knockoff toys and stuff for um, people who come and visit. So that classic tourist um, guide uh, plotline. And I, I enjoyed it. I thought that that was very well done and putting these group of characters together was quite entertaining. Um, I do have a few negatives though. Um, whilst this is a film aimed at fans... As a relative newcomer to the franchise, I did find myself a little lost tonally during the film. Uh, the first Hatchet film, again, doesn't take itself overly serious. It's more in the tone of, I did mention Scream before, but also Wrong Turn. The original Wrong Turn is a great little horror film, um, but if you've seen the straight-to-DVD sequels that preceded it, it definitely became more light-hearted as the franchise went on, to the point where it's not really a horror film anymore. It's more of a fan-made film, made for fans, which is fantastic, but it gets rid of all that tension. Um, there's not one sequence in the film where you feel any sort of suspense or horror. And I get that it's more of a tongue-in-cheek gag, but this is, technically, it's a horror film. If you look it up on IMDb, it comes under horror comedy. Um, and yeah, the horror elements are very lacking, and there's not a great deal of them, which is a bit of a shame because I feel that the setting itself... They're stuck in a plane in a, a creepy swamp with no phone reception um, except one phone. Everyone else's phone is destroyed because there's water from the swamp getting into the plane. 
Um, so we have one phone during the film, but they can't unlock it because they don't know the lady's password. Um, and yeah, it's a creepy enough setting. And I think that they could have done a little more with it, which is a bit of a shame because they didn't do enough with it. But at the same time, I understand why. Um, and like I said to the setting, I did enjoy the setup of it, but it gets tired really quickly because it is such a claustrophobic setting. I would have liked to have seen them use the woods as a backdrop. I'm a sucker for films that involve the woods, similar to how I'm a sucker for shark films. Like I said in my 47 meters down uncage review, um, I really do enjoy that setting. I don't know what it is. The Blair Witch Project, any slasher film, The Burning, Friday the 13th, um, Sleepaway Camp. Give me any film set in the woods and I'll, I'll happily eat it up. And I just really enjoy that setting. So I would have liked to have seen them venture out of the plane a little more. We do get a few sequences, especially towards the last third of the film. They do get out of the plane and they're all split up in the woods, which was a bit confusing to me too because I don't know why they did split up the way they did. I know that they were scared and I get that, but yeah, it was a bit irritating. And Andrew's ex-wife um, in the film as well, she was she was pretty funny. Um, she was wearing the heels um while she was running through the swamp and it kind of reminded me of Bryce Dallas Howard in the Jurassic World film. If you remember, she's running away from the T-Rex in the heels and I found that funny that this was, that was in this film as well where um, this character is running through a dirty swamp, um, running for her life from a, a deranged ghost-like uh, serial killer and she's wearing heels. And yeah, the makeup effects as well, um, I found to be enjoyable for the most part for Victor Crowley they're completely fake but I think because of the way it's done it's just his hulking mass and I think that's Kane Hodder as well just because of how tall and muscular he is too um he definitely sells the physicality of Victor Crowley but I would have liked to have seen that utilized a bit more it's not utilized enough which is a bit of a shame because yeah I would have liked to have seen it be a little more scary because we don't really have enough of the horror elements and I think if he was He's his hulking mass, pretty much. So seeing him chase after these unsuspecting group of people could have been really frightening and it could have sacrificed a little of that comedic tone to add a bit more suspense. But again, I feel like Adam Green is going for that more satire of the slasher genre. So I think for that part, yeah, it's up to you on how you take it. For me personally, I would have liked to have seen a little more of the horror and less of the comedy because some of the jokes don't land. There's a joke at the beginning of the film um, where they're on the, on the plane um, and it's an annoying flight attendant that keeps dialing in to give them updates on what's going on sort of thing as they're flying, like, um, you, know, you know, snacks here, we're arriving at this time, and he keeps doing it, but he's got this stutter where he keeps saying, uh before he speaks and it was funny the first two times but then it happens another four times and I thought okay you're going a bit over the top with this now can we cut back on this because it's not as funny as what you think it is um, but nevertheless that was just a little gripe about the comedy um, the ending as well the film just adds mid-sentence and I feel that was just Adam Green not really knowing how he wanted to end his film another 10 to 15 minutes could have been used to show Andrew back in the world publishing a new book of the events that took place maybe um, and giving him that closure because he is, I suppose, the survivor at the end of the film. Um, but we don't get that closure. And I'm not saying that I need closure in my um, 
in my horror films. Not calling Victor Crowley fine art, but I do like character developments in my B-grade slasher movies. I don't know what it is, but I would have liked just a little more for the ending. And I'm being sarcastic, of course. I don't expect fantastic endings, but I would have liked a little more. And I think 10 to 15 minutes could have flushed out this film. As it sits without credits, the film only goes for an hour and 13 minutes. So that is not a very long film at all. And I think it could have used a little more, but of course, budgetary restraints as well. And we don't know exactly what Adam Green was going for in regards to the ending, but... Yeah, after Victor Crowley dies um, because Dylan sacrifices himself, God rest his soul, as he was the best part of this movie. Um, Yeah, it would have been nice to have that little bit of closure and maybe a bit of a nicer ending. Um, Yeah, I I don't know where the sequel is going to go from this too because I know that Victor Crowley can be summoned, but how many times is he going to be summoned in this, this dirty swamp? But... Again, I suppose if a sequel does come out, because this film was relatively successful, I know that it was quite popular over in the States um, as a VOD release, and I know that horror fans ate it up too. So maybe with the sequel, we'll have a higher budget. Maybe Adam Green's able to do a little more of what he wants to do, but who knows? Um, My verdict for the film, though, let's get into it. Victor Crowley was made for fans, and I think that alone is admirable. As I mentioned, I'm not a huge fan of the franchise or just haven't... It hasn't really become a staple in my horror diet. Uh, This is a fun slasher flick with tongue-in-cheek gag approach and does really make fun of that slasher genre as well, which I do appreciate. There is enough gruesome and bloody kills to satisfy any horror fans, though, and I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10. Um, Yeah, go and check it out, guys. I've left a link down below for you guys to pick it up on DVD if you see fit. Um, I would recommend it, though. If you are a horror fan, it is a lot of fun, um, and that's the best way to describe it. It's not over the top um, in horror. It's more over the top in comedy. So if you enjoy that type of film, then I think you can find a lot with it. It's just me personally, I would have liked a little more horror. But nevertheless, I'm glad that I now have this in my uh, horror collection and maybe it will become a repeat viewing experience over the Halloween period. You never know. Um, But that brings this Halloween hangover to a conclusion. So thank you all for listening. Um, This is something that I'll do a bit more of, not Halloween hangover. This was just the name of the episode because I couldn't get it out in time for Halloween, unfortunately. But at the same time, I watch horror movies all year round. So yeah, definitely um, definitely check out my Halloween spectacular reviews, though, if you haven't. Um, like I said, Halloween's um, not... Horror isn't specific to Halloween. Horror is something I watch all year round. So, yeah, check out those reviews. Um, I did a lot of them. Um, but, yeah, that brings this segment to a close, I suppose, for the 2019 year. Um, I'll hopefully be getting some Christmas-esque reviews out before Christmas. I do want to talk about... A few films that I'm a huge fan of, um, but whether I get the time to, that is another question, as I seem to be finding myself more and more time poor, even though I'm trying to have less and less going on. But at the same time, I found a great spot for me to actually record my reviews, so I'm able to do them more frequently, which is awesome. Um, And I'm getting these reviews out to you guys more frequently, which is also awesome. Um, and because of the support of companies like Eagle Entertainment for this, uh, these reviews and for um, other companies as well, like Viavision Entertainment, uh, Shock Entertainment, who have been fantastic enough to send me copies of films to review for you guys. It's just making it a lot easier for me to have access to content because, you know, 
collecting movies and going to see movies isn't cheap. So no, it's really, really good. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening. Check out Jeepers Creepers 3, Ravenous. I've left a, rev- uh, a, a link. I've left a review. I just reviewed the film. I've left a link to pick that one up from Eagle Entertainment's website, along with a link to pick up Victor Crowley as well on DVD and Blu-ray. So check out the links below um, and pick them up if you would like. Um, but until next time, guys, peace out. Thank <laughs> you.